and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Rye, I'm an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. You can find me on Twitter, at Writer Rye, where, uh, where if you check my pinned tweet, you can check all the places I freelance, or you can check out my other podcast that I co-host, at TrashPod. With me today are Caitlin and Peter, and we're here to discuss the end of the summer season. Take a look back and check in on the carryovers. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Caitlin. Um, I am a writer and editor for the Anime Feminist podcast. I also run my own blog, Heroin Problem, and I write regularly about anime for The Daily Dot. And I'm Peter. I'm an Associates Features Editor at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist. Awesome. Um, wow, it has been a minute since I've been on one of these. <laughs> these are these always end up going a little bit long, so we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, as always, you know, we, we only talk about the shows that people on staff are watching. Um, and then at the end of the episode, we will do carryovers. Um, check in the show notes uh so there'll be timestamps so you can jump to a particular show if you want to um peter you as always are watching the most stuff um let's start at the bottom of our of our season premiere list and work our way up so how not to summon a demon lord yeah i hear there was child slavery now child slavery i guess so they like summon the demon but the demon's a little lolly girl of course and uh of course i mean the whole thing the, uh, i i guess the the ending kind of it could have had a good arc in the anime with them because like you know they're the two girls are enslaved to the guy by accident haha um and they've been trying to take off the chains but they've been having mixed feelings since they consider that you know their slavery to him to be their meaningful connection to this guy that they both idolize which is great um great cool but uh, then it turns out the ending. I guess the salute. It turns out the solution was more slavery. Uh, that's what they needed. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. So the the demon girl runs amok for a little bit, but they fix it, and everybody's concerned that she's going to go out of control. So they decide to also make her a slave to Diablo, so that um, everybody can be sure she won't freak out again, because uh, that makes sense. So he ends up putting a collar on her too, and then they all live happily ever after. Mm, thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. So terrible on so many levels. Yep. Is... Cool. <laughs> cool. Great. I don't think we need to talk about that anymore. Let's bury it deep and pretend it never happened. Yep. Yay. Good animation there. All right. Um, Master of Ragnarok and Blesser of Einharjar, or whatever the fact the super long title is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's anything to discuss that we really didn't discuss in the midseason. Uh, it's got problems with the fact that all the girls are, I don't know, just a harem for the guy um i think really the series most large problem is that it's got pretty mediocre writing uh the ending wasn't particularly problematic so uh yeah just the same thing as six episodes ago if, if you liked what you heard back then you will continue to like it if you did not you probably will not yeah yes no new problems though so that's good Hooray. Yeah. uh how about island was i right uh, uh, half. Uh, so they, he is her dad. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's, I called it. Yeah, um, but he doesn't end up uh, with her in the end. Uh, it turns out her mom also time-traveled, uh, and that's why she's there. Uh, and so he discovers that uh, her mom was the real person that he had fallen in love with and had her as a kid. Her mom was just slightly older because she'd gotten out of her time-travel chamber like 
uh, I guess it says time stasis chamber, like 10 years before. So instead of dating the girl like seven years younger than him, he dates the girl like 13 years older than him and gets together with the girl that he was originally with when they were, I think there was still that age gap. She, mm. she reversed the age gap on him. So yeah, he doesn't, st- he doesn't have sex with his own daughter. Okay, but the visual novel database does definitely warn for for an incest relationship. So I think in the video game, you can indeed bang your own daughter. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of really uh, questionable stuff you can do in the video game. Um, but, but I, uh, yeah. I guess it depends on who you decide to get through with. So this might be like the hard ending where you have to go through extra steps to discover that the mom is actually your original girlfriend. And you get he gets together with her and they get married. And the other girl accepts that her mom's happy and she feels better about it or something, I guess. There's also, like, the implication... I actually think Island is pretty close to Double Man Crybaby in the way that its universe is structured. The, whole, the only like, way that they're close. Well, the whole, like, cyclical time and humans evolving into the exact same people over and over again. Like, there's always the, the Akira. There's always the... Oh, my God, what was her name? Mia? Mio? Uh, Miko. Miko? Yeah, there's always a Miko. You know how there's always the same people every time? Or Mika, there we go. Yeah, Island does the same thing where there's an apocalypse, everybody dies, humans evolve, and then the exact same people come about in the exact same ways. But I guess the romantic subplot's completed, so you don't really need to worry about that. The fact that humanity keeps destroying itself and rebuilding. Uh, Angels of Death. I got bored with this one three episodes in, but you finished it, yes? Um, I'm like one or two episodes behind. Uh, again, I mean, just by what I've seen, not too much more to discuss. Uh... I don't think it's really uh, problematic. They haven't really romanced the two characters together, besides the fact that they're kind of becoming important to each other. Uh, There doesn't seem to be any romantic subplot or anything like that with age gap. I mean, everybody's serial killers, but that's pretty obvious from the get-go, so... Apparently, according to the big seasonal poll, they're the most popular ship after Ash and Eiji. Yeah, well... So that's a thing. People people, uh, ship things that they shouldn't... Like Ochako and Bakugo. Uh, It doesn't mean it's realistic. It doesn't mean it's not problematic. But the uh, the important thing is that, or at least unless I'm missing something major, the show has not done it. Yeah. It's very weird to me that people are, like, good for them that people are enjoying this as kind of a campy show. But as somebody who likes a lot of camp trash, this show was just not ridiculous enough to hit that bar for me. We get to skip a couple now. So, Angels of Death, if you were liking it, you probably still like it. Uh, we get to skip up a couple now to... D isn't here, so, Peter, it's on you to sing the praises <laughs> of everybody's problematic fave of the season. How are kind of receive? Uh, again, uh, like, I think nothing new from the mid-season. Uh, it is definitely a fan service show, but when they get to the sports sequences, it's very much on sportiness. Uh, the character subplots are... I mean, the writing itself is pretty good. It just has... Uh, the show is, like, narratively a good sports series. It just... They're all wearing bikinis, so it's got a lot of uh, TNA in it. And there is definitely a, a leery camera. Uh, it did the thing that uh, gamers did where in the last episode there was a particularly large amount of fan service. Um, I don't know if you saw my tweet with the screenshot um, from the last episode where it had a, a very suggestive screen angle where a girl was helping another girl stretch and they were both in their bikinis. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there's there's fan service, but otherwise it's a, it's a pretty good sports series. 
Yeah, all that friend service and their cousins. Somebody took the wrong lesson from all those Sailor Moon jokes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it does have a good uh, subplot about, uh, or like, I guess the primary, the thing that it ends with is they have to play, only one team from Okinawa can go to nationals, and so they have to end up playing against uh, basically the two other, the other duo in their volleyball club. And they go over this uh, kind of thing where it, can they really play? One of them is essentially eliminating the other one from their chance of playing on a national level. And they are very, or their their fifth teammate is very concerned that that will like break up the club or they won't be able to be friends after that because it's kind of a big deal. Um, and I'm glad that they addressed that. So I think that's good. A uh, little bit extra TNA in the last episode. Uh, otherwise continues pretty predictably based on the first half. But still, like, still, still, that same kind of TNA, but fun and good at sp- at the uh, actual sports. Yeah, uh, I think it's f- fun, and it doesn't ever like uh, do the thing where girls are like, oh, I, mean, I guess uh, exactly once it does it, but not in the second half. The thing where like it embarrasses girls or they like suffer sexual assault f- in the service of jokes or TNA, it doesn't do that. So that's Yay. that's good. Yeah, hooray. Everyone's having a good time. Yeah. That's always nice. Like, the thing is that with fan service, like, I don't, I don't love it when it's just random shots of titty, but it's so much worse when it hinges on, like, embarrassing the character or, like, exposing them against their will. Yeah. Or, like, outright sexual assault. Like, in Or outright sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't so do that. Like, <laughs> That's good. Gratuitous titty shots are not ideal, but they're probably one of the more harmless forms of fan service. True. It, it can, we've seen it. It can get a lot worse. So yeah. it's yeah. surface level. We have a scale for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this show I kind of accidentally got skipped over last time, so we can, we'll spend, I guess, just a couple more minutes... Uh, giving it the full once over, uh, Chio's School Road, which I was was enjoying and then wound up dropping six episodes in. Uh, yeah, so we didn't talk about it at all last podcast, I don't remember. Not a bit. No, we forgot it. Oh. Straight up. All right. Well, uh, I guess it's... I, I have not caught up on it for a long time in myself. I'm like four or five episodes behind. Um, but I guess it's... The series' main problem is uh, the, the, I guess, the predatory lesbian. Yeah, uh, this series bummed me the heck out. Like, fuck, fuck, this show was depressing. Because uh, I, I really enjoyed um, Chio and her friends. Uh, a, they were very shippable and adorable. And B, they were also these just really amusing ship lord, uh, shit lords who had kind of these relatable, you know bullshit conversations on the way to work. I, I enjoyed the escalation into weirdness that some of the better jokes could do. Um, and but and then it just became, you know, what it is a lot of times with this kind of show, I think, is the balance of how much how much is it doing well and how much is funny versus how much is just kind of toxic nonsense. And the ratio went downhill really quickly, where by like episode five, it would be one good sketch and two really nasty ones. So like, yeah, there's the the predatory lesbian character who who is just straight up about the worst version of that trope I have seen since the 90s. Um, there was also, 
it, it was also just kind of generally mean. Like, there's, I think the last sketch I watched before I decided, okay, I, I, I guess I'm just uh, done now, is um, there's a sketch that opens with, with Chio um, look, being upset because she goes to a convenience store and her Western gaming magazine has been replaced with some BL magazines. And, like, the eventually the, the through line of the joke is she ends up thinking that the magazine is hot and she's embarrassed trying to figure out how to buy it. But, like, the lines leading up to it is they're like, the homos have taken over. And I'm like, well, this juice came right after the predatory lesbian sketch. I'm not a, mm, all right, I get what vibe you're putting out here, show. And there was also this weird, uncomfortable through line where there's a, a gangster character who Chio like inadvertently who who Chio keeps crossing paths with and she for you know for various reasons will end up helping him out for a bet or whatever and not think anything of it but he's slowly developing feelings for her and it's really creepy because he's like a 35 year old man did he did it become romantic he definitely had a crush on her Uh, yeah that's weird he's like 10 years older than her at least, if yeah. not 20. Yeah, she's like 15 and he's like at least 24, 25. It sounds like 24. a Yakuza subplot. Yeah, it just, it was a bummer because like I enjoyed their kind of weird dynamic when it was just like she was desperately sweating her way through trying to look cool and freaking out about it. And he was inexplicably impressed and like they played off each other well. And then they added the like, oh, is she into me? Oh, no, she's a high school girl. Oh, I'm kind of into that. I'm like, mm, did you have, I just came off of watching Hinamatsuri. Did you have to do this with it? Like the, the panty shots um, and the weird, just fetishy stuff. Like there's a whole episode where, where she's trying to figure out how to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, mm, this is somebody's fetish. So it, it was just a bummer. Like all the, the good funny sketches got drowned out by, by just kind of the nasty vibes and the, uh, and, and the, the boob nonsense and the fetish stuff. I, I, I'm so bummed out because I ended up giving it kind of a tentatively positive review when we did the three episode check in. And then it was like, oh, no, directly into the not even into the dumpster, into the garbage juice under the dumpster. Ooh. Yeah, I think that the first episode was definitely one of the better ones. And it maybe gave a false impression of the series. Well, I mean, episode two was really, really funny, and it didn't really have any fan service, and just a lot of good teenage girls being awful and being friends in a way that I liked. And that just that just couldn't survive all the other crap. Uh, anything else to add on that one, Peter? Uh, you you pretty much summed it up. <laughs> all right, so which mean the that means we can finally go on to a show that everyone has watched, which Yay. is. Uh, Asobi Asobase, which is the talk. shitlord girl that I should have backed. Yes, Caitlin, you haven't gotten to talk, so you go first. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much along the same lines as what we talked about in the mid-season uh, episode. Nothing has really changed. Um, a lot of it is just good, like, weird shitlord girl humor with an unfortunate sprinkling of transphobia every so often um but you know as you and other people have pointed out Vry, like it's episodic so like the transphobia like if you see it coming up you can be like oh no next sketch uh <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, I can tell you right now, listeners, if you've been if you're interested, but you've been worried, um, you can skip the sketch loaded questions in episode five and basically all of episode 10. Uh, and you're pretty much golden. That character does show up in episode seven, but it's not like a joke on their transness. Uh, she's just manipulating the girls into stealing something for her. So, yeah, that, that one's pretty watchable. But it's um, I mean, it's just it's just very like sharp sense of humor. Um, and these girls are terrible without being, they've, they've, they've still got a weirdly endearing sort of part of, you know, part to them. Like I've compared it to Always Sunny before, but they're not as terrible, awful people as Always Sunny. They're just really dumb. Oh, they're so dumb. <laughs> they're so amazing. dumb. Um, and just kind of in ways that are like kind of gross and I say shitty but not like actively malicious ever except for you know the transphobia episodes um it it is there is a little bit of like casual homophobia running through there but in a way that because like what bums me out about the transphobia is the fact that the framing itself seems to back it up as opposed to a lot of the jokes in the series are these characters are idiots who don't know anything Mm -hmm. and like the transphobia specifically had has the narrator break in and talk about like Hanako's animal instinct sets sensing that this trans girl is dangerous and I'm like hmm I hate that yeah um, but like in in episode 10 which again it's it's kind of not worth watching um but there is one really good joke where the uh where oh god what's her name the the, the quiet girl with the glasses Kasumi Ka- Kasumi gets uh gets kissed but by another girl and she's freaking out and Hanako is puts her on trial until she finds out it's another girl. And she's like, Oh, well that's not a big deal. That's just like an extension of saying hi. And Kasumi has just like this thousand yard stare that I know very (laughs) well from high school. Like that moment is beautiful. I also appreciate the Spanish inquisition joke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I was laughing about it last episode, but by the end, I got a little bit tired of jokes about Olivia smelling bad. Yeah, that they hammered that a little, like one or two. What it, it fits in with the tapestry of off-color jokes, but like they hammered on that a lot towards the back half. Yeah, and like the the pop-up cafe, like one of the drinks is called Olivia's Spicy Pits, and it's like, okay, guys, we get it. White people smell. Let's mm-hmm. let let's move on. <laughs> please right um, it, it definitely it, it definitely started tilting to that to the point where i'm like I, I sort of feel bad for any like mixed race kids in japan watching this and feeling really bad about themselves now i'm concerned yeah like it's something that like when i was studying abroad it's something that like my fellow students and i would joke about like like mm-hmm. the tall white guy talking about like how he like couldn't find deodorant and he felt really bad for like the short guy whose face is just right in his armpit during rush hour Hmm. um but like eventually it's like it feels a little bit too much at uh people's expense and like it's there are people who have to like deal with that in real life you know and it's have to deal with that stereotype 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the rare jokes, I think, that ends up feeling like, well, the, it's not going to bother us over here in America where white people, where, where, you know, white people are all around us. But, like, if you're living in Japan, I can imagine that being a little more hurtful. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, it's, that was a little shitty. But overall, like, Asobia Sobase made me laugh harder than, like, 90% of comedy uh comedy anything really I it was I I don't usually laugh aloud at anime comedies but uh audible audible laughter yeah. was had it's really funny so <laughs> I think it's a pretty pretty solid recommendation other than you know the episodes that you listed you know yeah I, I am excited that apparently there's going to be an OVA, which hopefully Crunchyroll will get. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Because the, the last episode didn't feel like a conclusion or anything, which, you know, it's an episodic series. I yeah, did I love... was like, was that the last episode? It just felt like the right. end of every other episode. So Yeah. I did love that the ending theme had um the little, <laughs> the ultimate powerful <laughs> monster. The horrible <laughs> hell doodle. Yes. <laughs> like it fits so well i was like wait was that there this whole time and i just didn't notice no no it's there and it's horrifying mm-hmm. and i just love like i love everything about it i love the bait and switch opening i love the horrible ugly faces that the characters make i love that uh hanako is just sitting there and thinking I want to make the other girls say poo. <laughs> like, just, like, spacing out, looking into the... Uh, and that's what she's thinking about. Like, those are the kinds of thoughts that she has. I just... Mm-hmm. I, I love it so much. It was a really, really fun series, and I'm going to miss it. Yeah, and, and like you said, there is... It's not a very... It's not necessarily a sweet series, but there is a sense that these girls, like, they like each other they have a block in their mind that's like well when they go too far they feel bad or like there's the really sweet episode with the girl from the uh from the occult club where where her friend's in the hospital and they all agree to get together and help her do voodoo to help her friend feel better and uh, like heartstrings were tugged that episode was great all right um what about um angle moise which you dropped uh yeah i think i i dropped it like four or five episodes ago uh like I can't really think of anything bad to say about the series. It just didn't really keep my interest, and I didn't have any other compelling reason to watch it, so I dropped it. Your watch list is definitely full. It's got solid action series uh, and no huge issues that I was really able to identify. All right. Uh, Do you guys want to just jump to geeking out about kind of the dark horse of the season then? Planet with! Yes. I did not watch this one, even though it sounds like you all had a nice time. You're Go like the it. only person who didn't watch it, and it was so good. A lot of I've seen a lot of people compare it to Gurren Lagan, mm. um, but it is Gurren Lagan with a more, I think, ultimately compassionate outlook. Um, like it was like Gurren Lagan was not like anti-human, but uh, anti-humanist, but Planet With is just, it's the series we need 
you know you know what i mean like just everything about it um the world needs some more positivity and hopefulness on the level that planet was really brought um it made me feel better about life when i was watching it um and it's just and i mean even like just talking about the philosophy of it but also like what an incredibly brilliantly crafted show no fat on it like no no uh, not a wasted minute super tightly plotted but it didn't feel like anything was rushed or skipped over it's just incredible economy of storytelling in all respects like character development plotting writing world building like it all felt there and it all felt complete in 12 episodes with this story on such a grand scale you know it was really just absolutely amazing um definitely one of the best series that i've ever seen i i mean it seems like i always miss like one really good show per season i still haven't finished gone back to girls last tour and i need to oh i need to finish that i need to finish yori moe too Yes, you, you do. Ah! You didn't finish a place further. What the hell? Okay, I had a lot going on. I didn't finish anything that season. Yeah. That's, no, no, fair. I fair. think I think a place further is still like competing for my number one spot for the year. So. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. But anyway, <laughs> the, the cat, the cat robot show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Planet with is really good. Uh, going off what Caitlin says, I think it's kind of central messages like being able to forgive other people and kind of like fighting for those you love, but in like a very kind of focused way. Cause that's like, that's like a very, very general theme and shown in right is, well, not forgiveness, but like fighting to protect your friends and stuff like that. And I feel like planet with kind of analyzes that statement and kind of talks about what that means and why it's important. Um, mm-hmm. and really kind of, I think it, 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 the way it makes it stand out so much is it really kind of shows the alternatives to those kind of philosophies and you really kind of see in the villains or like the de facto antagonists mm-hmm. a lot of kind of um kind of it, it seems very uh familiar uh their kind of philosophies uh i i kind of thought that the first arc had a lot of uh kind of overtones of uh like the u.s trying to convince north korea to denuclearize except in this case that it's all of planet earth that they're trying to take away their weapons right uh and you can kind of see like uh i mean it's not trying to defend north korea or anything uh but kind of like this uh this tyranny from above kind of idea that uh, ostensibly comes from an idea of trying to protect like a larger community um and so like in in the the various enemies that they fight you can see a lot of kind of these familiar like dynamics in uh our world like in, in global politics and stuff like that and it's it's the the heroes are kind of more of a uh i don't want to say pacifist but they're they're very focused on just trying to find a good reason to fight uh, i think that it really comes across in a way that it doesn't come across in a lot of shonen especially considering it's it did that in six episodes and then moved on to the second plot that lasted another six episodes mm-hmm. so yeah very impressive as caitlin was saying yeah and you know the like there were a couple of things that really um resonated with me um in particular one was sort of the issue of offering guidance versus creating limits. Do you know what I, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, 
as someone who works with young children, like you don't want to, like you need to create boundaries, but at the same time you want them to understand those boundaries to the greatest extent that they de- developmentally can. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the what's it, the General Amisimo, is, he's very paternalistic in regards to humanity, uh, while, uh, what's the cat's name? Some, something absurd. Yeah, yeah, that, that works better. Uh, is kind of trying to guide and watch over humanity to make sure that they're okay. So, right. You, yeah. See so it's like, um, when you have, like, two kids who are fighting, like, two, four, like, let's say, two four-year-olds, like, who are fighting like you don't say like you don't turn around and just say you can't do this you turn around and say look at the effect that this other person had on like that you had on this other person that you did like listen to what they're saying um and you want them to really understand why what they did was wrong and 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 it's, it's sort of about the social emotional growth of humanity teaching humanity to be compassionate to be empathetic and not by like not by taking away the potential for them to be violent more like but by saying the alternative isn't it better like isn't it better to be a uh, uh, cre- creatures of love yeah it's not about um, taking away their tools it's about showing them how to use them properly and right. trusting that they will if they're given the right guidance kind of thing and that's sort of that's sort of the tenets between in that people in early education sort of try to follow these days is an emphasis on social emotional education yeah one thing i really liked that they did was uh the the it seemed like the villains were almost looking for a way that they could fight humanity so that it would feel like a fight rather than what it actually was which was just them uh taking away uh their like ability to be free-thinking individuals so which is and that that came across as pretty like 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 a villain thing like you know uh when Mm -hmm. i what's the main character's name i forgot so yeah, uh, yeah. When Soya said he didn't want to fight, they were like, "What? Why? We need you to fight. <laughs> like, we need to fight you because if we just do it without a fight, then what's the point?" And you're just like, "Wow, these people really want to. They want somebody to fight back so that they can feel like they defeated somebody rather than just came along and steamrolled an entire civilization, don't they?" Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't feel good. Um, yeah, and it's um, so I really like that, um, and I really liked. Um, there were a couple of other things. I when Sensei and the Generalissimo were fighting, in, and they were like sort of yelling about their different philosophies while they were fighting. And uh, Sensei doesn't say you're wrong, you're terrible, you're wrong about humanity. He says like we are very different people, which sort of advances the idea like these are two different outlooks, um, these are two different approaches, and it's not about being right or wrong um it's about what you think is best um and uh that i thought that was really interesting because you get stuff like you know you get your like hot-blooded series and it's usually about like being right or wrong about the different like even if it's humanizes the other side and shows you how like you can cut see how they came to this conclusion it's always still like they're wrong. This is right, but with in planet and in planet with like I definitely know that you want they wanted you to come to the same conclusion as Sensei and the uh, pacifist faction or yeah the pacifist faction, like they 
it was still like, um, you know, we have different perspectives on this. I did definitely see at least one person uh, compare it favorably to Undertale, a game I love very much. Uh, yeah, I guess I could see that in the like warring philosophies kind of thing. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, and also the fact that Soya says like I am the only one who can forgive the dragon. Like forgiveness is not something that you can just offer to anyone for anything. Um, I can't turn around and say, uh. I forgive you for being racist against black people because that's not my forgiveness to offer, right? Um, but as as the person who was, um, who was wronged, like Soya is the only one who can offer forgiveness, and it is a series that is ultimately in favor of forgiveness, um, because that's the more peaceful option. But um, it still recognizes that forgiveness is a choice that only the um the wronged party can make now i'm curious if it, it like at least goes through the option of sometimes uh i i feel like anime often fails to recognize that sometimes forgiveness puts a lot of pressure on the person who was wronged like to make the person like to, to make the their persecutor feel better right um I don't think that was, and I don't think that was sort of what was going on with Planet With. I mean, I think that's partially a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, forgiveness is very, very big in, uh, is, is a major component of Japanese culture. Um, apologies and forgiveness and all that. Um, but I think I don't, did not get that sense from Planet With because the dragon didn't want to be forgiven. It wanted Soya to stay angry and to turn into fight. The forgiveness was definitely Soya's choice. No one said to Soya, you have to forgive him. Um, it was entirely the choice that he made. Yeah, I think it's it's mostly from the perspective of kind of like uh, cycles of perpetuating violence. So mm-hmm. in that Absolutely. way, I think it was sort of advocating for forgiveness as opposed to continuing a conflict. Uh, and I, I get what you're saying, like, if there is, like, definitely some one-sided victim stuff in there, but, um, it, I don't think it really, it was more looking at it on a scale of, like, uh, political or, like, war rather than, you know, individual where somebody could have done something to you and, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't, right. it, it's, I, like, it's, for, it's not, it doesn't die that is deep a better option than things. vengeance. Yeah, it's not like a, a personal wrongs type level, I don't think. Right, it's, it's a larger, I got right. you. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it was a good series. That so, you two would both recommend it. Definitely, yeah. one hundred percent. Yep. Um, and you know the universe. The universe is full of blessings. I <laughs> love that. I love that line. I don't know something about it. Just really, it they it, it it is something that could be trite, but the sincerity with which it is delivered, um, really makes it work. I will definitely ship the judo girls too. Oh heck yeah! Uh, oh yes. Cool. Well, um, I guess we better keep it moving along then. Cells at work. This that show is got, cute. It got dark in the last few episodes. It did, yeah. Who is this person, and why did they lack any sense of self-preservation? They got, they got, they had heat stroke. They like got got severely bonked in the head. Apparently, 
Like and almost died. And almost died. They're probably they probably have gonna have some permanent brain damage. Like what is what is happening? Because the implication was they lost over one third of their blood through their head. So yeah. <laughs> that is a serious like, head wound. Like, is this body on the run from the mob? Yeah. What is happening like, what to is this going person? On? Oh, but I like I liked the show. Um, I think was the the hemorrhagic shock arc anime original. Oh, I have no I idea. I don't know. I think because I think the manga is more lighthearted, and I think the anime went like, "Oh, better have something big to end it." I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I think I, it's it's was... ongoing. They probably just chose that arc as the conclusion to the anime because it's a kind of a very. It's like the probably the the most dangerous conflict at that point in the manga or something. Yeah, yeah, I could see it going either way. I, I know that you know, there is cells at work black, which is apparently the dark and edgy version uh, of the yeah. story. I read that in Japan, and I hope it actually. I hope it doesn't get translated. To be honest, it's pretty. Oh, uh, that. I heard it gets really gross. Yeah, it's like uh, when the you know how red blood cells go to the liver to be cleaned, like when you're when you drink and stuff. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Basically, your liver is a host club. Uh, where hot liver cells uh, give you, like, I think it's ATH or whatever, the thing that de, uh, mm-hmm. that takes the alcohol out of them and turns it into a toxin. And then uh, the guy gets, like, gonorrhea, which is a giant hentai tentacle monster, which... And lady white blood cells. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it rapes all the white blood cells to death. So. Great, love cool. it. Cool, cool, fun. That's Perfect. Fun. Yep. And the platelets are child soldiers. Uh, no, I think that was just a young white blood cell, I think. Wow. I don't really know, remember seeing too much of the platelets in the black I feel manga. like I heard that in passing. It might be co- incorrect. Mm. It's yeah. the thing I heard. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah. It does but kind no, of, I think, show you how much the, uh, like, medication can really save our lives. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it definitely maybe. It, it does. It definitely veers away from the cute territory into some pretty awful kind of sexist ideas. I think. Uh, I will say, like, as the a- the anime definitely never really shook that whole low key gender roles thing, but it didn't bother me too much. Um, supr- it 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 always felt like it was at least trying to balance like characters of of multiple genders in active and passive sorts of roles and uh you know trying to show everybody can do something that kind of thing yeah everyone has their role everyone has the function in society i do like uh, during the last episode i was wondering you know with all this stuff about how we need to work hard all the time and these cells have their entire life as their job mm, Will we be seeing an a, a cells? What happens to cells in a body dying of Karoshi, which is uh, chronic overwork? Well, I think that's I think that's black because uh, that's kind of what's happening, right? Well, because Karoshi Karoshi comes from a, a variety of factors, right? Like mm-hmm. it's uh, sleep deprivation, dehydration, malnutrition. It like it's a sweet it's a sweet educational show. I just like in the back of my head, I was like. I wonder how this plays with Japan's work culture and like the discussions being had at the moment about that. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 sort of the thing where like the cell, cells as people doesn't totally work because you know 
They don't Your take cells breaks. Are, are, are constantly working because they're cells. Yeah, yeah. Cells don't rest because if cells rest, you die. Right. Um, I did appreciate the, uh, I, I kind of liked the more, oh God, what is this person getting into episodes? Because the ones that were a little bit more laid back felt like they lost the plot of the anthropomization anthropomorphization there we go a little bit like the the killer t backstory episode is just you just wanted to do the tuning exams in this anime didn't you oh god that episode was boring that was my least uh-huh. favorite episode yeah yeah and like uh they do have the one where it's the red blood cell trying to do her job by herself and the white blood cell follows her around actually no that one ended pretty good that, that one was pretty. That cool. one was more instructional about like how your heart works. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for but them. yeah, the the killer T backstory one doesn't really. It doesn't really make sense in context. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work with the the analogy. <laughs> I was like, this is how these two characters who hate each other are actually friends, but they hate each other. You're just like, all right, right. cool, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> what does this teach me about the human body? Yeah. All I know is that we're not. Not lot, not yeah. a lot. Apparently, one of them became a major asshole, so I really don't care anyway. Yeah, yeah. That toxic masculinity. No. The toxic masculinity. I didn't know. Cell. I didn't know killer T cells are where toxic masculinity comes from. <laughs> I mean, that's what the T is for. Yeah. A toxic. lot of jokes were made in our house about AIDS because we're terrible. Oh, jeez. And that Jesus. kills T cells. Yeah. Well, at least a um, natural killer can help you out. I, I, yeah, I will say no, I, and K-Cell is wonderful. Yeah, Bri, you weren't so on the good. show last time when we were talking, when I was yelling about NK-Cell being my wife. She's a mm, good wife goals. Yes, excellent. Good. Her strong wife arms. Goals are Please life. hold me. <laughs> it's good. Anyway. I, I will say, I don't think that the cancer episode works. I really don't. No, I mean, not. Like, it's interesting in that it kind of shows... That, yeah, your body creates cancer cells all the time, but usually takes care of that. Um, But humanizing the cancer cell didn't really work. I understand the, like, how de-stigmatizing cancer can be helpful from a research angle, but, like, my mom worked with cancer patients, and I heard horrible stories of, uh, like, all throughout my childhood growing up. So for me, like, cancer is not the sad moe uh, mutant animal oh, boy. It's don't Jeff I have a right to live? Don't I have a right to live? No. No, no you don't. No, no. Die. Because you're going to do horrible things and kill everyone, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel sorry for cancer. <laughs> like, but that episode did bring us NK Cell. So... That's true, and she is very good. You can't tell, but I'm doing like a weighing hands back and forth motion. <laughs> mm, mm, strong argument, strong argument. Mm-hmm. And, oh uh, gosh, that finale was really good, though. Yeah. It was very good. I enjoyed that the uh, the blood transfusion was apparently from somebody from Osaka, <laughs> and all of them were speaking in the dialect. So that was good. <laughs> it kind of warms my heart a little bit to hear people going like, I want to take care of, better care of myself, so the anime girls who live in my blood will be happy. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> all, all right, right. <laughs> whatever works for you. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. I need to take care of my wife and K cell. Yeah, like yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think it's th- there's always that low key gender stuff. Like if that bothers you, it it might not ever stop bothering you. But 
mostly it's it's a really cute, chill show that was fun to watch every week. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings us to our top categories, where I think we'll probably, you know, have to, we'll probably get into it a little bit here. Um, Peter, you are the only one still watching Hanebato. Caitlin, you dropped it. Yes, I dropped it a while back. Man, Hanebato's good. It's really good. <laughs> I was actually uh, pretty prepared to drop it, I think, around the place where Caitlin dropped, or, uh, where did you drop it, Caitlin? D dropped around three, I think. No, it was, like, I was, like, four or five. Okay, okay. Uh, where it just seemed like all their problems were being easily solved and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That turns out that didn't And it just wasn't, well, that, and it just wasn't fun. Okay. Um, they met the American girl. Connie. Uh, she's yeah, German, Austrian, German. something like that. I don't know. The blonde girl. Yeah. Um, and it just, I wasn't, I mean, I just wasn't enjoying it, you know? Like, okay. it's not even that, like, sorry, don't have time in my life to watch anime that I'm not loving. Yeah. You know? Mood. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, Connie's actually one of the stranger points to the writing for me because she really pivots to wanting Hanasaki to become her sister or something like that. Um, but where I feel the anime is really strongest is that uh, it constantly had characters kind of uh, steamrolling what Hanasani, uh, Hanasaki wanted to do, like uh, her friend forced her to join the club. Uh, and she said she wasn't interested, but everybody kind of said, but you're so good, you should play. Uh, and it turns out that was a terrible idea. She didn't enjoy herself and now she's miserable. Uh, and now she's taking revenge against all the people who have caused her grief in the past. So, uh, I mean, I'm not saying what she's doing is right, but I do definitely think that the series is trying to say, like, hey, if you force somebody to do something they don't want to do, even if they're good at it, uh, it could potentially be harmful for them, and that might come back if to you bite you If you force someone to watch an anime they don't want to watch... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, is Hanabato at two core? That's one core. It's probably going to... Uh, it, it has one episode left because it was delayed uh, due to the earthquake in Hokkaido. So I oh, think the last episode yeah, will be tomorrow. Yeah, completely reasonable. Yeah. So uh, the, I think the finale will be tomorrow, uh, which would be the 30th of September. So is it is it going for a dark ending, do you think? Or is it going to try and, like, turn the ship around at the last second? Um, I, I actually I wrote an article about the possible ending. I think no matter what, the ending will be good. Um, but I feel like it has a real cool opportunity to... Uh, basically, Nagisa is, fighting, is playing against Hanasaki, and the reason Nagisa is playing is because she wants to kind of uh, defeat herself because she lost to Hanasaki before, and in the last moment, she just kind of gave up on the game because she hadn't scored a point yet. It was like 41 to 0, and she's just like, I'm never going to get a goal. I might as well stop. Uh, and she kind of always regrets that, so she's trying to play her again and uh, kind of overcome her previous self. Uh, and she took a round off of her, so uh, she's obviously doing a lot better this time. And Hanasaki wants Nagisa to lose, so that Nagisa starts hating badminton as much as she does. So, obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, I think it's probably going to end with Hanasaki kind of uh, turning like things around and at least appreciating the reason other people love badminton or the fact that she's not actually alone. Um, I think probably the best ending would just be her going, you know, badminton's really just not for me, um, but I respect people who like it. I'm not going to play anymore. Um, uh, but it could just go with, oh, she magically finds a reason to enjoy the game, and that's fine. Uh, which could be a little bit problematic since that was basically her mom's plan in abandoning her for like 10 years or something, uh, which is Jesus. really fucked up. 
Yeah, her mom uh, was worried that she was playing badminton just for her. So she left so that Hanasaki could learn to play for herself or some bullshit That's like that. That's terrible parenting. Yeah. yeah, she said... That is like a grade-A anime parenting move. Yeah, she said, I know what I've done is unforgivable, but I enjoy badminton so much I want my daughter to know, like, the same feeling or something like that. Jesus. And, yeah, yeah. That so, is next level, imposing yourself on... Imposing your wishes on your child. A little bit. So, yeah, if she ends up liking the sport, that could effectively justify what her mom's done, maybe a little bit. Uh... But I think it could still be a decent ending, even if it goes for that. I think the best ending is Hanasaki just going, like, turns out I just liked playing a game with my mom, who I really respected back then, and not so much the game itself. But we'll see. Uh, overall, uh, the series, uh, it's got some strange writing moments in it, but I really like what it's doing, and I, it's really kind of over the top and great. So I think it's an amazing show. P- possibly, it's like up there with Planet With for my favorite of the season. Cool. So people may be able to check in with how it ended with you on a, when we put out our, our season Rex list, maybe. Yeah, I was definitely going on my Rex list, yeah. Cool. Um, all right, uh, Caitlin, next one is Banana Fish. Do you want to go first? Because I'm going to scream. Oh, right. Is that the good kind of scream? Or is it the bad kind of scream? Uh, no, it's not the good kind of scream. Oh, no. Fry has been very down on Banana Fish. It hasn't really changed from what I said in the mid-season episode. The show definitely feels more... So I haven't read... I have the first volume of the manga. I have more of it on order, but it's all back-ordered. The show definitely feels more at ease when it is the relationship between Ash and A.G. And I think... And I think most people will agree that that is sort of the heart of the series. Um, mm-hmm. And all of the gangster stuff is not extraneous, but it it is not what the series is about. Yeah, it, it's purely mechanistic to cause angst. Um, which, like, I don't think there's a problem necessarily with that. Like, I mean, the... All of the sexual assault is the sexual danger is not ideal, not great, but like I think having a via sort of that being the a way of creating this conflict where this one very like troubled, dangerous person develops this very intimate relationship with someone who is. Uh, open and trusting um, that is at once redemptive and not it's not saving him it's not fix- fixing him or even really healing him it's just that now he has like he has this person who he can drop his guard a little bit more with um, and I think that is I like those kinds of stories mm-hmm. um I like stories where the troubled bad boy is not someone who is personally dangerous to the person who the focus relationship is with, but is still like kind of a scary, dangerous person overall. Right. It's like the platonic ideal of the bad boy is right. He's terrible to the world, but he's gentle to you. Right. He's not um, a bad boy and he 
in presenting as him being horrible or insulting to um to 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 their the person that they have that relationship with it is everyone else and the part where ag like set up the halloween party with all the pumpkins was really cute mm-hmm. um so like overall i am enjoying it um i know that you feel like the it does not compare favorably to the manga in a lot of ways right though right um yeah so i am a fan of the manga i I'd actually probably recommend the manga in the same kind of way that we ended up recommending Shigi when we did the watch along. You know, it's it's this it, in many ways dated, problematic work, but the parts of it that are raw and um, and real and tender are really powerful and effective, um, and I like it a lot. Um, it's extremely readable. The manga also has the the benefit that you can kind of speed through the the nonsense uh crime business and and get to the uh the other parts and also it's um yoshida uses a lot of negative space she doesn't really draw a lot of backgrounds so the framing of the panels has this almost kind of cinematic quality where you can imply like a lot of silence and thought to sit with serious moments that the anime just doesn't have time for so like stuff that is still really loaded content in the in the manga um manga feels like feels like it's less luridly treated you know something like the the very early scene where where they talk about ash's past um with being forced into child pornography does that goes so quickly and the anime is technically the same number of shots in the manga but it has this much closer focus on Ash's face and like just his face in a blank frame. So you're, you know, kind of drawn to sit with those panels and sit with what that means before you rush through to the next thing. So the anime has been so frustrating for me because I, because I really like the manga. Um, I feel like it's caught in this place where it, it, it isn't allowed to um to break too far from the manga i think you guys mentioned this on the last podcast but the producer is allegedly a really big fan and has been like working to get this done for years for like 10 years um it was their their dream project and allegedly you know utsumi um i think it was utsumi i'll i'm i'll dig up the the interview where all this is talked about and peter um if you could link it in the show notes but you know, they were kind of joking around of like, oh, this producer would, would you know, get mad at us if we even changed the orders order of the lines. And I'm like, hmm, that doesn't bode well for uh, for translating something, for, for adapting something that's 30 years old. No. And, and yet at the same time, like it, it, they, what strikes me is purely for, to get more people to watch it because they thought it wouldn't sell as well as a period piece that's just my interpretation, but that's what it screams to me. Like they, they did this kind of half-assed modern update. So it's, it's neither or, and I don't care about exact adaptations most of the time because different mediums need to do different things, especially when a work is this old and parts of it have aged so poorly. I would love to see a radically different banana fish anime that changes a bunch from the manga, but because it insists on being so letter of the law in some ways, it has made me more irritated about the ways that it slips up and kind of does a half-assed job or 
inexplicably does some things exactly the same, um, like slavishly, and then other things like so. You know the big important scene right before the the mansion, before Ash shoots up the mansion and burns Shorter's body and all of that, and uh, you know Ag's like, "I'll always wait for you." Um, so in the in the manga that the layout of that scene is they're getting into the getaway trucks and then and ash is all kitted up to go you know with his rambo guns and um ag leans out the window and he's like i'll i'll always wait for you and it's like this big dramatic 80s movie moment and then the anime changes it to they're standing five feet apart in a parking lot because they're not gay it, like, I would understand it if it was changed to they're in the same frame, they're very close to each other, that's a more intimate framing, but this is just, like, this weird halfway measure that is neither something new and interesting nor the original thing that worked, and, like, that encapsulates so much of the anime for me. Right. So, like, I I did think, um, I, I did think episode 11, the one with the pumpkin, worked, was, worked pretty well. Like, I thought that got... It, it captured the softness of the. It, it captured the soft moment. It, um, it cut well around the the action scenes. Um, thanks, thank you, anime. We did not need that scene where where Ash walks into Harlem and the members of Kane's gang are all gathering around him and threatening to sell him into white slavery because he's so special and pretty. Thanks, thank you for cutting that. Um, I will say I am bitter because, you know the. The Amazon subs have been throwing in the F slur uh, mm-hmm. because seemingly just because the night the, the terrible 90s translation of the manga did. Uh, but, you know, the Amazon translators knew better to throw in to, to do the other thing the terrible manga translation did, which was throw in the N word for for flavor text. Just cool. Saying. It was cool and great. Um, so, yeah, the anime is currently like. I think it hit the end of volume eight at the end of episode 12. So it's got 12 episodes left. I think 12, maybe 14 to do like 10 volumes worth of stuff. And it's just, I don't have a lot of faith in it, in it improving. Even if the directing seems to have been, I feel so bad for Itsumi. She's, I I think she might be in over her head and I don't think she's a bad director, but. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Itsumi a little bit more when we talk about the new season of Free, right? Oh, yes, yes. Um, so that, sorry, I, I I needed to get that off my chest. I, I'm ride or die. I'm watching this thing till the end, but it's killing me in my heart. And and while I'm at it, Eiji's new design is cute, but it's like, the it, it's the fact that it's so much less kind of scrappy and frizzy than the manga designs kind of makes him a little more bland than his manga counterpart and that bums me out sometimes no i think he's cute he is he's a cute nice boy but he's like manga ag is sassy and that's there in the anime but it it, it's very softened Mm. interesting (sighs) okay uh, so the last two, Caitlin, you've watched one and I have watched the other. Do you want to do Phantom in the Twilight first? Just because I just talked everybody's ear off. <laughs> sure. I love Fi- Phantom in the Twilight. Um, it's a really fun sort of Otome-ish series. Um, I say Otome-ish because it really feels like romance is secondary. Um, all the boys are like, they atta- they're attached to her. 
Um, but they're not like all obsessively in love with her. Um, there, it is more plot driven than, um, character driven. Um, which I think is sort of an interesting, it, it, it's sort of an interesting hybrid of, uh, like supernatural romance, Otome, and just sort of, um, like action, sort of supernatural action fantasy, urban, urban fantasy is the mm-hmm. phrase that I'm looking for. Um, it's, I love, uh, I love Tone. She's, she's so good. Yeah, th- this wasn't like an anime I consciously dropped. I actually did watch the first three episodes and I, I adored Tone. She's great. I just didn't have time to watch the rest of it. Right. Um, the boys don't violate her boundaries at all. As Dee pointed out in the last one, like, she was talking to Luke, the werewolf boy. And, uh, he was talking to her and she's like, are you flirting with me? He's like, No! It's no fun flirting with someone who's who's like down. I'll flirt with you when we're both into it. Um a good boy. He's such a good boy. And I like wolf boys just in general. I don't know. It's a thing. But like Tone is never sidelined or shoved out of the action. She is an active character and even when the boys try to be like, Oh, I'll protect you, like so like step aside this is too dangerous for you i'll protect you like vlad the vampire mm-hmm. uh, at one point says that to her uh, michi <laughs> michi insists that his name is brad good <laughs> because vlad and brad are the same in katakana <laughs> that's a yes i um, never I thought of this i never thought of that so brad um tries to be like oh I'm like, you need to step aside. This is too dangerous for you. And she looks at him. And she's like, you know, you might be an immortal vampire, but you haven't had human blood in a long time. So I could probably take you. <laughs> um, and she just looks him dead in the eye and threatens to kick his ass if he doesn't step aside. Excellent. Um. So, you know, it was just a very very fun romp with a really great female character and a great cast all around um and her motivation is to protect her best friend and to save her best friend so it's got a very strong sort of uh friendship between women uh thread going even though uh Xin Yao is kind of is out of the action for most of it and she's they're not together but like Tone's trying to save her friend, and I'm sure I'll catch some heat from some people for not calling them girlfriends, but oh well. Um, I mean, both are good. They, they had strong chemistry, and also they're very good friends, and it's good. Yeah. No, like, so yeah, it's just, it's a super fun series that I really recommend on, like, there's nothing to not recommend it. Um, the animation isn't great. It's a Chinese co-production, and those never have the best animation. Um, except, I guess, for Last Hope, because Kabumori... Shin Yao kind of had a slightly more, like, traditional, I guess, uh, getting saved romance with, with the uh, an- anti-hero character, didn't she? Did that Chris. shake out okay? Chris, the other wolf boy. Ah. Yes. Um, kind of. Um, it's, it's, um... He, he also gets sidelined, 
Like, he gets knocked out. So it really is mostly about um, uh, Tone and her boys sort of trying to, trying to save her. Um, nice. Yeah. So... It if does have like... a shot where, mm-hmm. where in order to save her, Vlad, like, disappears into her crotch. Okay. It's just kind of weird. Um, oh, I, there's, I feel like there's some unexamined implications to that. Alright. Bold <laughs> anime. Bold. <laughs> um, I mean, it's like, her lower half is like clouds, but it's definitely where her... <laughs> I'm sorry, why am I so crude? What happened to make me like this? Just saying that if you really want to save the love of your life... Send, I can't finish that joke, it's too filthy. Send boyfriend into her crotch. Anyway. But yeah, Real no. partners it's, eat out. It's a good show. It's a good it's show. Good. So, so if people were into, like, the nice boys of, of Code Realize, but maybe wanted a slightly more active heroine, this is this is definitely one for them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because um, in Code Realize, while, while Cardia becomes more active, she, she's not really capable of, like, she still needs to be rescued in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Tone does not have that issue. Yeah. Yeah, Cardia was great. Tone is just... You know, some, sometimes you want a, a protagonist who is on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, you can have both. There's room mm-hmm. for both in the world. Um, and I'm happy both exist. Okay, I guess that brings us to the last new show of the season, uh, Review Starlight, which, Caitlin, you didn't end up watching this one because no. High Dive is High Dive? Yeah, and that's unfortunate because there are some other shows that I really want to watch next season that are on High Dive. But, yeah, I am lazy and did not watch it. I mean, fair enough. Um, High Dive's really... I I loved this show. It's definitely my pick of the season. But High Dive's release of it has been really frustrating in that, you know, it's it's kind of a musical. The image songs are a really big part of of the series. Um, And it started out with, like, there were some issues, apparently, with uh, the Japanese side providing scripts of the... um, of the songs later than the rest of the uh, later than the dialogue so it would go up i think lyrics have their own whole licensing thing Mm -hmm. it's weird they're like it's it's part of the reason why um most series like series on crunchyroll don't have theme song Mm -hmm. lyrics well it became this thing where like um when the series started out it would be like two days later the song lyrics would be um you know the, the video would be updated and the song lyrics would be on there which is you know, it's it's fine. I understand that there are issues on the back end, but when I finished the show this morning on episode 12, episode 11 still did not have its music lyrics updated. Cool. And, yeah, and there have been other issues. Uh, D did a tweet talking about how uh, this there's one character who is who is the cute, adorable, you know, she's in love with her friend and she has an unrequited mm-hmm. crush. Um, and High Dive did this really weird translation on a line that was, you know, it, it was, I really am in love and it didn't have a, it didn't have a subject and the official subs translate it. Uh, I, I really do love it. Uh, and she's clearly talking about her friend, Karen and D had this whole tweet line about how 
it really should be a little more ambiguous. Like, I really am in love because she's talking about her feelings for her friend. What are you doing? And I remember the first episode had some pretty serious translation issues, too. Yeah. Um, and while I'm here, the, the end credits had evolving lyrics, but that wasn't actually translated. They, they just did the normal switch back and forth between Romanji and English, um, even when the lyrics were unique to the episode. So yeah, it's been a really frustrating release, uh, which is a shame because Review Starlight is great. Um, I really loved it. I am kind of convinced at this point between this and Yurikuma Arashi, which the head director of this series worked as an episode director on that one. Um, but I am now convinced that surreal kind of series like this need to core to work. I think Review Starlight ultimately nails it emotionally. Like I felt satisfied by the ending, but its metaphors are kind of so floaty that um, when you get to the, you know, nor a show that is like this, but has two cores can spend like the first dozen episodes or whatever talking about here's some, you know, here's some weird stuff, but mostly it's kind of a grounded series and then it can ramp up into, all right, we've gone full into Metaphorville and everything is weird and roses and crows and it's a lot. Right. You got to have the student council arc before you can have the black, the black rose arc. Right. Whereas like Review Starlight was so crunched for time that it kind of had to do the school idol stuff and the uh, weird surreal duel stuff simultaneously. So there, there would occasionally be this disconnect of, what is this a metaphor for? How is this? In what order is this happening? I'm so, wait, stop, go back. It was, it worked, but I would have preferred if they could have taken a little bit of a more measured pace. Um, I really loved the characters. Um, it's visually just gorgeous. Um, the episodes I got to see where the song lyrics were translated were, you know, not like hugely plot revelation things, but they were strong thematic elements that there maybe wasn't time to crunch into the dialogue. So the music wove really well. The visuals on the duels were this absolutely brilliant thing, you know, where all of the special effects are done as if they were special effects in the stage show. So, you know, a shower of sparks is actually just confetti thrown from a cannon off stage. It's really smart and inventive. Um, it gave me feels as somebody who has a theater degree. There, there's a lot of potent emotions in here about... Mm. I mean, I should watch it on that level, too, because I talked about it in my preview review. It doesn't really come... It's not really a hard critique of of the um, Takarazuka or theater in general, but it does lean that way now and then. There's kind of... There's one episode that at least tries to poke at the fact that the Musume Yaku is pretty much tied to the Otoko Yaku role and like that person is never going to get the top spot because that's not how Takarazuka works like they are a pair but it's the uh, Otoko Yaku who is the star and the Musume Yaku supports her um, so there's there's like some light commentary and it definitely made me nostalgic for theater in, in like the same way that watching Princess Tutu makes me miss dancing um, also it's really gay uh, they um, they don't um, Karen and and uh, Hikari don't kiss, but uh, there is a lot of dialogue about how, you know, this, she was, you know, you were what I was seeking and, and throw away everything for me. And, and, and we're finally, and I'm like, oh, oh, they're in love and it's beautiful. Like it's, it's very, it's very Utana-esque. It's, it's excellent and good. And it gave me feelings. So yeah, I, I definitely wholeheartedly recommend this one. 
I can't really think of anything that uh, that was a drawback. This did teach me that uh, it's not that I hate idol shows because I hate idol shows. I just hate shows about the idol industry. <laughs> because this definitely is structured kind of like an idol show in some certain ways. Definitely marketed like one, too. If you go to Akihabara, they have, like, the... it's It's got all the same type of posters and advertisements that idol anime have. I think they're maybe even making a game. I saw something that looked like a game on, like, a cycling video up on one of the buildings. So there might be a gotcha. It's slightly different in that it, it has a clear protagonist and then, like, secondary, tertiary other girls rather than being like a stronger ensemble which is my experience with with more traditional idol shows but the backbone of it is there definitely yeah all right so yeah that's that's my recommendation on that one look forward to it on the the look forward onto it on the season rex page also uh which brings us to wrap up of uh of ongoing shows uh peter did you want to talk about attack on titan uh sure um I feel like I, it's weird. I don't have much to say about this season, despite the fact that probably more has happened in this season than anything has happened in the rest of the show period. Uh, like, I guess we can go into spoilers. Like, they literally the country was overthrown. Uh, and it, But I guess it's just like the main characters essentially had nothing to do with it. So it just kind of felt like not a, they were just kind of running around while big things were happening around them. I guess that's kind of true of most of the show. The scouts don't seem very good at their jobs, to be honest. Um, but, uh, I guess there's just one thing that I kind of was kind of irked me when I was watching it, uh, that I think needs to kind of be addressed. They, they have this whole thing about how the current regime, uh, they like replaced the king with like this, you know, this stooge who's uh, just like a puppet king, right? And they're talking about how they need to overthrow it and restore, uh, restore it with the, the like real royal family, the real royal bloodline, which of course is Historia. Uh, I can't remember what her fake name is anymore because they just started calling her Historia all the time. Krista. Krista, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's cool. I mean, it was pretty obvious they were corrupt. I mean, in the, like the first three episodes, you learned that they like basically sent half the population just as fodder to die to the Titans so that they wouldn't run out of food uh, earlier on. So obviously the people running the country weren't that great, but the way they frame it is kind of just like the guy doesn't have royal blood, so he shouldn't be king, not like he's a bad guy or they're corrupt. Uh, so Krista should be the leader because she has the right blood in her, and they really don't address the fact that you know she's more compassionate or anything like that. Uh, it's It all just comes down to blood, I guess, which seems really shitty. Yeah, I am... Um... I wound up drop. I I dropped the show after season two. Uh, other people have talked about the uh, mm, directions this show goes in, but I'm gonna go ahead and let that lie because I stepped back from all of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's definitely even worse stuff on the horizon. Uh, I don't know how that's going to be addressed in the anime, but the manga definitely uh, seems to imply some things <laughs> that could be super problematic later on. Guess we'll tackle that when it arrives, though. Have fun with that. Uh, on what I'm sure is to be a much cheerier note, Free? How's Free been, uh, how's Free been without Utsumi? I miss Utsumi Free. It's like, it's a different show. Um, one that I don't enjoy very much. Um, I watched the whole thing for some reason. Um... No, because I love those boys and I wanted to see what happened. But the thing is that High Speed, uh, the prequel movie, never came out in America. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like literally, it was impossible to see legally until uh, this summer. A couple of conventions played it for three years. No one bothered to release it. Mm-hmm. Um, and familiarity with the characters is sort of it sort of hinges on f- like uh, free D- uh, dive to the future, which I like to abbreviate as DTF. Uh, despite so- the despite the total lack of thirst. Yeah, season, like, I understand. Um, like. It, it sort of, it moves from sort of that, free was my happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It sounds like a silly thing to say, but like watching the first two, two seasons of free, like it made me feel happy. It was my Yashike anime. Um, it was just sort of this very good mix of like perfect mix of like comedy and like light character drama and uh sincerity and uh muscles uh (laughs) you know it was it it sort of struck this very perfect balance um and you know utsumi is a very like she is a very talented director in uh, a lot of ways and her genuine love for the material really shone through very strongly and it was just sort of um it was simplified but in a way that made it feel almost more solid you know what i mean does that make sense mm-hmm. am i making sense i don't know yeah 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 but free dtf it's very uninterested in that like it has very little comedy it has very little fan service it's all just character melodrama and none of their motivations really make sense like why are all of these like 18 19 year old boys obsessed with the little mermaid why do they want to be the little mermaid what is going on this doesn't make sense i'm confused and scared and upset and why are they all wearing clothes they're no. in college now 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 it's for those of us who are a little weirded out can no, are no now is the time like and the characters like they don't feel like the characters that i fell in love with and it's just also not a very well crafted series like it's spread way too thin and I feel like 90% of the script is characters talking about what the, what other characters are doing instead of doing things themselves. Like, yeah. the penultimate episode, finally, like, Nagisa and Rei back in Iwatobi had, like, 30 collective minutes of screen time leading up to the penultimate episode where they were going to nationals. And I wanted to be excited for them. I wanted to... To, to share in the triumph that these characters had and they were standing there and they were talking about how they worked so hard and learned so much over the last year and it's like when we only saw you standing around talking about Haru and and Ikuya like what is going on or Makoto having a genuine crisis he doesn't want to swim anymore like he doesn't he's still feeling kind of adrift while he's watching Haru sort of Haru's swimming evolve and like we get one episode devoted to that like what is it it, it, this is not the character driven drama and mean like ikuya's issues were resolved so quickly because he swam against haru and all of a sudden he was fine again you know like uh ursosuke had like is has this whole talk about like his shoulder recovering with this uh 
one guy, Natsuya, like, they have this whole conversation. Natsuya is like, well, you know, if you get the surgery, it's really risky and you might never be able to swim again. Or you could do the recovery the long way, which will take a while. But and he and we don't see him weighing the decision. We don't see him deciding to get the surgery. We don't see him recovering from the sur- surgery. Just one day he sits down with Rin because Rin is back in Japan. He's like, oh, it's a success. Like, there's no showing. It's all telling. Um, and it's just not, it's not the show I fell in love with. And, um, I'm sorry, I'm actually getting genuinely kind of emotional about how disappointed I felt by it. The characters that I felt like I knew weren't just, they weren't there. Like, I went, in the first two seasons of Free, I very strongly had headcanoned Haru as autistic for, like, various reasons. But it just, his his body language, his sort of single-minded interest, like, um, his relationships with the people around him sort of reminded me of, like, my friendships with, uh, autistic, you know, with, with autistic people. Um, you know, it's not just a sort of like, oh, he's obsessed with water. He must be autistic. Like, it's, it is drawn on his whole, his whole deal Mm -hmm. as a person. And, I didn't get that that same vibe in this season. He didn't feel like Haru. Like, all of a sudden, he's, like, smiling at everyone. And, like, you know, where is that sort of kind of reticent, unexpressive, um, but ultimately good boy that I, like, that I loved in the first season? And God damn it, why is Makoto wearing clothes all the time? It's not... You know, it's it's just, it's not there, and it just doesn't, it, it feels like the new director, uh, Kiwanami, I think his name is, um, had a very different idea for what he wanted to do with Free, which I guess is fair, like, and, he, but it was not what I loved about Free. It's a bummer, and there's more coming in 2020. No! <laughs> stop, stop, it's already dead! I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing at the fact that that promo image looks like looks like the promo image from Sweet Pool, the Cronenberg Meat Baby game. Like, or, I'm sorry, I know it's genuinely painful. There, I know <laughs> it's supposed to be pretty sunset colors, but it looks like they're swimming in piss. <laughs> oh my god. I think, I think that's the best point where we could move to, to the wrap-up with uh, My Hero Academia. <laughs> how, how, the super, how are the super kids doing? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> That's it. That's all we have to say about that. Yeah, I don't know if there's uh, too much. I mean, it's still pretty good. I think it's kind of in an action lull right now. Um, I, um... Go for it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I have some stronger, slightly stronger opinions about My Hero Academia. Cool. Also, yeah. I love... Listen, I love My Hero Academia. I watch it every week with my fiancé. It is a lot of fun. Um, I genuine, genuinely really enjoy it every week, but yeah. it has sort of moved more into a more standard sort of shonen pacing, um, which, oh, no. which I don't, which I, listen, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it, but I don't love it. I, I like, I mean, I don't love shonen. Uh, I, I kind of crave more of just that, you know, kids being super powered kids that we had in the first in the first season um and also as it has gotten more towards 
I wrote a whole, multi, several people wrote whole articles last, in, in season two about how the show sort of treats its female characters better than most shonen. And that has completely disappeared. The girls are routinely sidelined now that it has moved more into the the uh, standard shonen arc structure and the focus has gone towards Todoroki, Bakugo, and Midoriya, which is really disappointing because they're good girls. Um, I love Suyu and everyone loves Suyu, so why don't we get more Suyu? Well, we got one episode for her and it was really boring. Yeah, it was not a good episode. Um, so, you know, it's just, like, I still really, really like the series, um, but the stuff that made it really, really special, uh, has sort of evaporated. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I personally have felt, like, I'm still in it, uh, but I do feel like, uh, it's giving the girls less time, and, uh, from my awareness of the things that happen in the future, I don't really know if the girls end up keeping up with the boys in any kind of appreciable way. In that area where it was very exceptional, I don't know if it's really going to keep that up, which is a little disappointing. It's a lot disappointing. Still in it for the long haul? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still uh, it's still a quality shonen, and it does a lot of things that other shonen do uh, better, I'd say. It, it's like probably in the top three and running in Shonen Jump right now. Uh, no, is that true? Maybe top five for sure. Yeah, I'll say top five. Um, I mean, yeah. it's a huge hit in the U.S. too. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's definitely yeah. I think uh, its movie is doing really well right now. I'm actually going to see it later today. Uh, it like hit two million in test screenings or something like that. So now it's going to get a larger release, which might mean very good things for future theatrical releases for anime movies, which could be good for us all. Um, so it could definitely contribute to anime in that way. Yeah. All right, well, this has gone mega long because the season wrap-ups always yeah, do. because that's what happens. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for, for, for being here today. And thanks to all of you out there for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find more of us at SoundCloud by searching for Anime Feminist. I believe we're also on um, Apple Podcast and all those other services. Um, if you really liked it, uh, you can find you can always pitch us a dollar at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash anime feminist. Um, you know, we've broken even, but we hear you. Uh, we would love to do more things. We would um, and pay our contributors more. But unfortunately, we need money to do that because we are a very small team. So every dollar helps. It, hel- it gets us closer to being able to transcribe these podcasts or uh, you know, pay people to translate articles in Japanese that we could put on the site and all that kind of exciting stuff. Uh, so we really appreciate your support. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, you can also read more of our articles at print in print at www.animefeminist.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash animefem, on Tumblr at animefeminist.tumblr.com, and on Facebook at animefeminist. Uh, thank you so much. And oh my god, we are now about to turn around and tomorrow start on the fall premieres. <laughs> so look forward to that, listeners. Good luck. See you next time. Mm-hmm.